the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. Western Ohio in 1860. My father died at a young age, so to support my siblings and widowed mother, I started trapping at the age of seven, shooting and hunting by the age of eight. By the time I was 10, I could outshoot anyone in town. When I was 15, I outshot the famed marksman Frank Butler. Not only did I win the $100 wager, I also won his heart. And we married one year later. We joined Buffalo Bill's Wild West show in 1885, and that is where we met another Frank, a Frank you may have heard of here in La Crosse, Frank White Beaver Powell. Frank Powell was born in Kentucky in 1847, the son of a Scotch physician and a mother who was the daughter of a full-blooded Seneca Indian chief. He was homeschooled, and after his father died when Frank was eight, his mother moved the family to New York to be near her parents, trying to eke out a living with three growing boys. I know what that's like. We were dirt poor after my pa died, too. That's why I'm a sharpshooter. You can't waste ammunition to get food on the table for the family. Anyway, when Powell was a teenager, his family moved to Omaha, where he later apprenticed as a druggist and met Buffalo Bill Cody soldier, frontier scout, and showman, who would refer to Powell as his blood brother. As it turns out, both events would leave long-lasting imprints on Powell's life. In 1868, Frank entered Louisville University and graduated at the head of his class in medicine, although some claim the degree was from a diploma mill. He then became post-surgeon in the Department of the Platte, but resigned, he said, to go into private practice, but many believe he was blacklisted by the Surgeon General. Frank himself promoted the legend that he earned his coveted White Beaver moniker after riding into the camp of a hostile tribe just days after killing a couple of members in hand-to-hand combat. 
all of this trouble just to vaccinate the entire assemblage against the dreaded smallpox. In 1876, the Winnebago made him their medicine chief. Others say he got his title by rescuing a Sioux princess, but regardless, he embraced the title, let his hair grow long, and began to polish the white beaver legend. Frank was always an outspoken advocate for the native people of this country at a time when the government was systematically annihilating them. While Powell was the camp doctor for Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, he was also a sharpshooter and performed for a while, too. His background in pharmacy and his medical training gave him an edge in developing concoctions, such as his White Beaver's Cough Cream, the Great Lung Healer, or his Wonder Worker that claimed to treat cholera, warts, cancer, croup, baldness, dropsy, and constipation. He peddled that stuff wherever we went. While White Beaver was our camp doctor, I understand he was also quite a sensation in his adopted hometown of La Crosse, Wisconsin, right there on the banks of the Mississippi River. My name is Adolph Gunderson. I was the other medicine man in town. When I appeared on the scene in 1891, among the saloons and houses of ill repute was the patent medicine doctor White Beaver Powell, a friend to Indians and the common man, Diseases of women, a specialty. My brand of medicine, however, was a little wider in scope than that showman Doc Powell's cure-all potions and creams. That man marched through lacrosse with a big band in front of him, followed by a row of wagons. Each wagon had placards proclaiming, The greatest show ever seen. People flocked to see such things and buy these expensive drops at $5 per bottle. They literally fought to get a bottle and get rid of their dollars. Fools. I always found it interesting that Powell quit his medical practice just before the Food and Drug Administration was organized. Would have loved to read the ingredients on those labels. Yet, Powell's charm and celebrity was legendary. Powell used newspapers not only as a form of advertisement for his practice, and more importantly, his patent medicine, but as a way to keep his name out in front of the public. He managed to be elected mayor of La Crosse four times, although the terms were shorter than they are today. Being mayor wasn't considered a full-time job. Before I arrived in the United States, during one election year, he personally threw a massive 4th of July picnic for the city's children and parents. It was reported that revelers drank six barrels of buttermilk, four barrels of sweet milk, and six barrels of lemonade. They ate 15 barrels of popcorn, 10 barrels of peanuts, over one ton of cake, 10,000 ham sandwiches, several barrels of oranges, and three barrels of ice cream, not to mention 200 roasted chickens. The Morning Chronicle reported that nearly 25,000 people were in attendance. Yes, Frank knew how to throw a party. It was an event that would live on in the memory of many of La Crosse's citizens who, of course, were voters as well. In 1888, he ran for governor on the labor ticket, but was defeated. He was re-elected mayor of La Crosse for the years 1893 to 1895 as the People's Party representative, but the Democrats held all the city offices and controlled the council. The usual difficulties arose between the two factions, the council making reforms as difficult as possible for the mayor. By this time, the lumber industry in La Crosse had crashed, and the progressives or reform movement had taken hold of Wisconsin, led by Fightin' Bob LaFollette. 
Powell would often take off on long trips west or with Cody's Wild West show. He and Cody invested in lumber, mining, and other ventures, which often left him broke. Couldn't that happen to a nicer guy, huh? Despite this, Powell was a voice for the working man and did help lacrosse climb out of the depths of the 19th century and into the 20th with an allegiance to the reform era. A writer for a St. Paul newspaper stated him best when he described Powell as fierce as a tiger if aroused by insult or injury, mild as a cooing baby, educated and polished, good judge of human nature, magnetic in person and conversation, he at once impresses his visitors as a man of whom it might be said, nature makes but one, then breaks the mold. Estranged from his good friend and blood brother, Buffalo Bill Cody, Frank White Beaver Powell died penniless on a train en route to Los Angeles, a short distance west of El Paso, Texas, from heart failure in 1906. He was 59 years old. And now I'd like to welcome in Anita Taylor Doring, Senior Archivist and the Archives Department Manager at the La Crosse Public Library, who did some of the initial research for this story. David Franklin, or Frank White Beaver Powell, made himself out to be larger than life, a true showman. The time he spent in lacrosse was relatively short, but impactful. He apparently did earn a medical degree and have some medical skills relative to the early time period. Personally, when I hear his name mentioned, I cannot help but get the image of the ad banner across the exterior of his building that read, Diseases of Women, a Specialty. Powell shows up on lacrosse's doorstep in 1881 from Lanesboro, Minnesota to settle here for the next 20 years of his life. It is perfectly understandable that Dr. Adolf Gunderson, a noted surgeon and physician who immigrated to La Crosse from Norway in 1891, was a natural foe to Powell rather than a professional colleague. White Beaver Powell, who claimed to be a friend to Indians and the common man, was in sharp contrast to Gunderson's upbringing in the very urban Oslo, Norway. Their approaches to medicine were as different as they were. Powell received his medical degree from the University of Louisville in 1873 and was licensed in Wisconsin in 1899 as an allopath. When Powell was not acting as a physician in Wisconsin, he was touring with Buffalo Bill as camp doctor and exhibiting his skills as a marksman. Cody and Powell were also associated in a number of business ventures. They founded a cereal company that produced a coffee substitute for roasted bran called Pan Milt. People who followed the Mormon faith and who did not drink caffeine was the target market. Cody and Powell also made, marketed, and patented White Beaver's cough cream, the Great Lung Healer. The name played on Powell's ancestry, claiming ancient Indian herb preparations for part of its unusual healing powers. After early success, both businesses failed. Cody and Powell were associated in land deals from Wisconsin to Wyoming to Mexico. They bought a tract of land in North La Crosse called Indian Hill, where they planned to build a sanitarium, cabins for Powell's patients, and a park for the city of La Crosse. This never developed, although their names can be seen together on an old La Crosse map. The area today is the site of the Red Cloud Park and residential housing. As an ad, Powell ran in 1894 newspaper claims that he was the busiest man in Wisconsin and showed his rigorous schedule. Monday through Tuesday, St. Paul, Minnesota. Thursday through Saturday, La Crosse, Wisconsin. First Wednesday of each month, Alma. Second Wednesday of each month, Wabasha, Minnesota. Third Wednesday of each month, Winona, Minnesota. Every day, Mayor of La Crosse. 
By the turn of the 20th century, Powell had invested heavily in resources out west. His lumber yards, mill, and timber at Grand Encampment, Wyoming, were totally destroyed by fire in 1900. He was quoted in the La Crosse Chronicle as stating, the savings of a lifetime have gone up in smoke, but that can never touch a man who believed that when he has done the best he can, it is all the good Lord expects of him. He also invested in a copper mine in Grand Encampment, which also failed and was responsible for losing a lot of Cody's money too. In 1903, Powell left La Crosse to become manager of the Cody Syndicate, which included thousands of acres of land, three coal mines, and thousands of head of cattle and horses valued at $9 million, according to local newspaper sources. But archival sources in Wyoming proved this scheme was likely a made-up story to help Cody's friends save face. Before Powell died, it is said that the two friends made a pact to be buried on either side of a mountain overlooking Cody, Wyoming. Accounts say that at the time of his death in 1906, members of the funeral cortege were drunk and didn't notice that Powell's ashes were falling out of the mule's pack as they were traveling. The group realized this, of course, when the party reached the summit. Cody died 11 years later, but his widow accepted an offer from Denver, Colorado, to have him buried there instead of overlooking Cody, Wyoming. The man and the myth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>